Welcome, Pathfinders. This is Rachel. I'm the one in charge today, so this is going to be a really interesting episode. <laughs> so this is our after party, uh, number 10, I believe. So that's that's a milestone right that's there. That's more than nine. Ten. That's more than nine. Than nine. Yeah, I know. Double digits. That's pretty cool. It's true. We've um, gotten past episode 30. She's talking about the after party. Yes. Yeah. After episode 30. Divided by three corresponds to after yeah, party but number 10. That doesn't have anything to do with the after party in any way. Well, well, after party has everything no to reason. do with <laughs> the numbers. Anyway, yeah. welcome back, everyone. So we got a good episode hopefully coming up for you. So we're going to be going over episodes 28, 29, and 30. Episode 28 is uh, where we met up with Falto and Tetmanib, and uh, we got a fight with a crocodile, which is pretty yes. cool. A sacred crocodile, you know, the albino kind that you know. Yeah, I was going to say, an onurus, yeah. like, totally diffuse the situation. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, uh... What okay, are so those crocodiles? Are they just crocodiles that happen to be albino? I mean, they aren't magical beasts, otherwise my spell wouldn't work. Yeah, they're crocodiles. I actually just slapped the advanced template on them. Uh, okay. So they're advanced template crocodiles. So they're a little beefier. It would have actually been a bit more challenging of a fight than usual for them, but you still handily took care of them with a easy calm spell. So yeah, I, I'm assuming that the mask had something to do with their sudden craziness. Who knows? Yeah, he's not going to answer that. that. I know. Maybe it's the creepy, know, it's the creepy cultist. They poured something in there. You guys didn't detect poison. You don't know. I don't have Seems that unlikely. Spell. That crocodile could have been on drugs. That would be sad for the crocodile. <laughs> get some steroids. He was road raging. Well, the temple needs to go build a friggin' fence now. <laughs> is what needs to happen. Ah, uh, so. fence. Makes me think of, um, I know this is probably like a really obscure reference for some people. Here it comes. What? No, the Henry Dorley Zoo in Omaha has like a really cool uh, yeah. swamp thing. <laughs> That's under- not a 90s okay, reference. Okay. <laughs> it's not a 90s reference. It's we, just cool. As soon as you said Omaha, like most of us have Yes, no, no nobody goes saying. to Omaha, but... We do have a whatever. shocking number of followers in Nebraska. So okay. to all of our Nebraska... So, uh, what are Nebraska's Omaha, people? Nebraska. No, I mean, what are they? What? They're from... Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them no call themselves like Cornhuskers because of the football team. That was what I was looking for. I think Nebraska Nears is cooler. Nebraska Nears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Henry Dorley Zoo, which is world renowned, thank you very much. Cool. They have uh, this cool thing called the Desert Dome, and underneath there's like a um, a swamp area. And you, it's like really super dark and creepy, and you can actually like walk through and see all the little albino crocodiles, and it's actually really nifty. That's so cute. So, so we should to go say, to the zoo. Modern crocodiles apparently do exist. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They're not cool. like a... You can find lots of cool pictures of them and everything else. And the Egyptians did honestly believe that albino crocodiles were sacred messengers of Sobek, Sobek or Wajit, depending mm-hmm. on the time period, whether or not it was in the, what was it? I can't remember when Wajit came around. Ninth Dynasty? No. Oh. But regardless, yeah, and that people that were killed by them were directly chosen to be killed by the gods, so obviously committed some sort of sin. So the crocodiles totally said that. Yeah, (laughs) you obviously did something wrong to deserve being bad. I mean, that was, I guess, my only real big question from that was a. I mean, other than the usual, what the heck is Tetmanib doing? Like, he's all over the place. Is he an oracle? Yeah, I know. Like, is he, like, actually, like, hearing voices or is he, like, crazy? I feel like Like, he's an oracle with, like, the shattered mind mystery. I don't know. He talks about having to prepare spells. So if he was an oracle, he would either have what he has or he wouldn't because they're spontaneous. Yes, he did have to pray for spells. spells. Oh, he had to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, he's 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 a cleric, but I don't know about the whole, like, you know, him talking to people and, like, randomly laughing and stuff. So. Or maybe he just thinks he has to pray for them, but he doesn't really. (laughs) 
I mean, he is. He gets, he gets his power from another deity, but he just attributes it to Phrasma. Uh, I mean, possible. No, I mean, he probably still gets them from Phrasma. Yeah, I would bet he still gets them from Phrasma. Okay, were there any other like questions or commentary from episode twenty-eight? I will. That spell will never be that useful ever again. Probably but not. I'm going to keep it prepared just because we have animal companions now and things can you'd, happen with them. You'd actually be surprised, honestly. So just kind of an interesting, almost a real world commentary also. There is an element to playing in the Southern Continent that does come with its advantages, especially when it comes to taking things like favored animal or the animal domain or anything along those lines. Because if you're in a Northern climate, if you're in something along the lines of a Eurocentric sort of equivalency, the worst that you're ever dealing with, it's like, oh, I was attacked by a, a wolf or a higher challenge rating a moose because moose will mess you up. Yeah, these yeah, are like nine feet tall. They're, yeah, they're vicious. They'll kill you. Don't go messing with moose or the occasional bear. But when you're down in Osirian, you've got to deal with crocodiles and, you know, alligators and, and giant snakes hippos. and hippopotami, which are the giant most vicious scorpion. things in the world. <laughs> giant scorpions so aren't animals. Cute. But uh, oh, yeah, they're yeah, they actually have some elephants that live in Osirian still. They have hyenas and jackals. And again, at higher levels, you're looking along lines of things like dire hyenas and dire lions. So potentially you're still looking at getting some more use out of animal control. I mean, it's not so much control as it is just calming them down. What's the words I have? Cool, cool. So from there, we actually had our little, our split. Split the party. Uh, yeah. yeah, we split the party again, which um, is like breaking one of the sacrilege rules of Pathfinder and D&D. We but do that, we keep doing it. So episode 29, I didn't have anything to do with. So Jordan, I'm going to have you recap what happened. Oh man, we, and by we, I mean Sudi and Sagira went to uh, investigate the killer of Sagira's mother. Found out <laughs> that he was like framed, which was kind of what you had thought, which is why you didn't like stab him in the face immediately. While she was doing that, because Sudi wasn't allowed in because he's a scruffy, filthy animal, I guess. Uh, he was contacted by the Faded and basically met like the leader of the Faded on a roof. Um, Wait, wasn't with... that the gang you were in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the gang. Uh, we got uh, up to some shenanigans. And basically was told, we'll forgive you for leaving because usually you leave in a body bag. If you go back into the necropolis and figure out what's up with the silver chain. I mean, we already did. Sudi, and, and they, well, Sudi, well, they're still operating in the city, I guess. And Sudi and, was, and they're like, he's like, make them leave. No, so he, he like, was I mean, like, make them dead. He said make them leave. If it could be interpreted as make them dead, <clears> as long <throat> as they're not operating. I, I have a feeling the leader of a gang means make them dead. Make them dead. Well, so he just turned over a new leaf and is trying not to kill people unless they, you know, viciously stab him in the back. Then it's on, which is why I think I've actually killed some of the silver chain. Anyway, yeah, so that was pretty much our episode. No, all the silver chain people survived and then we turned them over to the people that are going to kill them. The only sentient individual that the party has killed thus far was Citra. Not what? 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 Yeah. Sorry, yeah. the only. <laughs> I'm dead, guys. Didn't you know? She's oh, gosh, she's it's a six sense. Did you Me. miss that episode? No, I'm the only one that's killed a person. Yeah. yeah, the only person in the party who has killed a sentient individual is Citra. And it's on it, air. And it's Valeriana. So okay. Well, then in that case, she I'm still a good bad. little kitty. Yeah, she feels real bad about it. But yeah, that's pretty much it for our episode. I kind of want to know, like, if Sudi's actually going to go through with it, but that's more like, we got to find out. Yeah, it was funny. Actually, we got a, uh, a message. I think it was a Twitter message. I can't remember exactly where it came from. I'm trying to remember. So, is it yeah. Brian Lane? I think so. Sent a, a message saying, it's like, yeah, you know, listening through the podcast and everything and thinking, like, they don't seem to do a whole lot with uh, character backstories. Then I hit episode 18, and I think my response to him was, wait for episodes 29 and 30. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, that was on Twitter. He just posted. He posted that on Twitter. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that. Because I was just like, no, just you wait. 
I always like to give the players a little bit of time to get into their character and everything. Because yeah. if you start dropping backstory elements or something in episode number four, at that point, you don't care enough about the characters. So the idea well, is to wait a little while for people to really start to get invested in the characters. You have to figure out who the character is True. first. Yeah, it, it takes me a few sessions. And this starting this adventure path was weird because we also have the mics in front of us. And so we had to adjust to that. And then we had to adjust to who are these characters. So yeah, I think... I think we do a pretty good job doing role-playing stuff during the normal sessions, too, but the character-centric ones are, of course, where the real meat of that stuff seems to be coming out. So I was just going to say, I guess if if you guys don't have any questions for me, my question for the two of you had been, was was what you saw what you were anticipating? Nope. Jessica, were you anticipating? You you seem to have already been disinclined to believe that that man murdered your mother. I was pretty sure that that guy was not the murderer because that's way too easy. Did you think that he was a hired thug? Uh, No, I don't know. I did not think that my mother would randomly be a noble, and that was really weird. Was that melon a head? No, oh, yeah. That's the... got to be a head. It talked. <laughs> yes, the talking melon that he was carrying. <laughs> That's got to be somebody's head in a bag. There's a melon-sized burlap sack. Like God of War They've been whispering. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's exactly like God of War. So what about you, Jordan? What, were you anticipating any of that when you went uh, to that so I, I generally try to go in with kind of an open mind, uh, but getting recontacted by the Faded was something that once I, once you did it, I was like, oh, yeah, that I didn't actually technically leave. I've just been hiding for a year. Yeah. But <laughs> so. It was something that was directly brought up that uh, there's always a little bit of a disbelief um, that you have to suspend your disbelief when you're listening to these things. And there's those strange coincidences. Where, to some small degree, there are already some coincidences going on. And I'm perfectly fine with having said coincidences just kind of crop up. But the idea that, okay, well, now this person randomly shows up in Sudi's life. And I had to kind of think about, well, why would he show up now? It's like, but but he has been hiding inside of the church until he voluntarily disavowed himself of the church to take place in this. Yeah, so I, uh, that's the thing that, that when you said it, I was like, oh, good point. Yeah, I'm not under the church's protection. Technically, I'm not a, uh, I'm at best an adjunct member of the yeah. church. So, I mean, you're, yeah. you are a lay, lay member of the church, but you're no longer living inside of a, the grand mausoleum protected by scores of the voices of the spire and all the rest of that. Yeah, so it, it actually made a lot of sense. And that's why, like, when it came up, I was just like, Oh, don't ask me to kill somebody. Don't ask me to kill somebody. Oh, take out some thugs. All right, I think I can do that. So we'll see if I can actually pull that off without actually murdering anybody. We're family, Sudi. Oh, God. <laughs> so many creepy touches. <laughs> I, I forgot to recruit. mention that in the recap. He did some creepy touches. Like the, the put his hand on you. He was like, Voldemort, book seven. There was a literal comment from Jessica. It's like, oh, God, it's a Voldemort hug. <laughs> that was one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in a movie. That hug is so awkward. I hate it's so it. It's unnecessary. Voldemort would not do that. But it's also creepy and weird. There were so many things wrong. With I also that found it kind of funny that I was like going to be your like cover on the roof. And there were like five more of their of <laughs> yeah, things where I was. I did think about that when you guys but were going through that. Tagira's sitting with a six dexterity. <laughs> she just as likely to shoot Sudi. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then you'd have another arrow in your back. No, my, my, actually, that was the other thing is I was like, man, if they're here to kill me, I'm so in trouble, but I'm just going to climb down. You're, you guys are fourth level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you'd at least still have a bonus on your. Oh no, he'd be a melee, so it'd be a yeah, minus no, four. So I think you have like a minus three total to a real, attack. A with. real big problem. <laughs> yeah. No. My my idea was to just go climbing off the edge and just scurry down as fast as I could because I'm like I'm not gonna be able to make this fight with them shooting at me. Do you have a, Do you have slow fall yet? 
Uh, no, you know, the Unchained Monk does not actually get slow fall until you get your, uh, I think you have to take a key power for it. Oh, okay, cool. So I don't have that power yet. No, I, uh, no, at fourth level, I actually took key metabolism, so I can hold my breath for a really long time and, like, Because uh, that's important in the desert. He it's... almost got suffocated in a I think he also only needs, like, one hour of sleep and only needs to eat every once in a while and yeah, needs substantially so less water. Other, like, so you're benefits, like... But the main thing was I can hold my breath for a really long time, so if I get into a, a position where I'm being strangled or something. I'm okay. Well, we, like and we also live on a river. Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, episode 30 followed on Eurus and Citra. We got to go t- uh, to the temple and do our thing. And we we're all like super diseased still. So we were I was just cursed. Cursed. Whatever. <laughs> we, we had issues. I got my issues taken care of. I didn't until later. But we had a nice little chat with Septi. And then uh, we got the auction all done up. And the guy was very... It's real weird. I don't like that guy forward. at all. Um, oh, was he creeping on you guys? No. He no. sounded like a used car salesman. Yeah. Like very vulture It's a different kind of creepy. No. It was just kind of like that. Okay, you can go away now. Um, it's like, here's got- some coffee. You think this over i'll be right back yeah it's like <laughs> don't but don't come out, back uh, oh, we got some of citra's backstory so we finally know what's going on with her and uh on yours got a nice little tete-a-tete with uh tetmanib yeah so that, that was, was fun, fun. Oh, did you, did you fight no why would they fight well tete-a-tete always feels like they're fighting I was gonna say, oh. tete-a-tete is usually like a, a that was that was bad words like so you're at least arguing you, yeah it was like no we like, had a very oh. weird conversation oh i also got my animal yeah. companion so i have a bird yeah like a bird showed up and citra was like what the crap oh, yeah, that was mentioned in our episode actually it was <laughs> like you know you you walk outside and you hear like the at one point when we were walking through the marketplace we could hear Sagira yelling at a merchant in the background (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about my cat Um, I don't know if it went into the jail with me or not and also I don't know where it was when I was on the roof We, we kind of have. You have that, to remind me about the cat. I, I forgot about the well, cat too. Don't you have a sticky note on? I there? do have it's a sticky like, note. It's my cat. I keep forgetting it. It's like the familiar. You know, it's like, oh yeah, so I do have a familiar. Let's be real. We we literally had to have the situation where Sudi's sitting up against a wall with that cat next to him in a very <laughs> goofy situation. That just makes me laugh every time I think about Sudi and Isra just sitting together. I, to be fair, I had, like a, I had the being a black cat thing first. It's, it's, a, it's a goofy it's Pluto situation, and it's weird. I should have taken a crocodile, but it didn't make any sense. But those crocodiles are so taken cool. a leopard. It would have been fine. Like, like, a, still, like a, not a panther leopard, but a leopard leopard. It's still That's a goofy Pluto situation. A yeah, it's. I mean, it's an anthropomorphic cat and a normal cat. No matter what, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. Could have gone black lion. They're rare, but yeah. Well, lions are large. I didn't want one that got large. I don't know, but if you're a halfling, that means you can ride it. You could ride the cat at medium size if you're a halfling. That's true too. That's what I did in our like first ever Pathfinder yeah. game. That so we Gary did. could ride a lion. I could ride a lion, but that feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but to um, Falto is okay. Just in case anyone was wondering. Well, that's I was. We did ask, and then Rick was like. Yes and no. <laughs> well, he's... And I would edit in whichever one was right. And he's okay in that... In. Well, I can't give... Yeah, they've heard it by now. He's okay in that he no longer has bummy rot, but he broke because of somebody. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got him a talisman. That is not good enough. Yeah, he... He, he couldn't pay his rent. Yeah, you literally They're took all the gold I had to pay for the room. <laughs> 
You're a terrible. No, player. I had to pay for the room. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking. I'm oh, sorry. I'm looking at Jess right now. Yeah, she going, literally took all. Person. Sagira literally took all the money he has in the world with him right now. He's so yeah. thrusting. That is so funny. I will pay Citra back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that you're okay with paying Citra back. I will give like, him oh. the talisman that I purchased for him and some of his gems. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we're going to have, that's going to be a real interesting discussion. Detail where all that money got given over to uh, the Temple of Bast. Yeah, I gave that, you made a small donation to a church. A small donation being what, like 700 something gold? It was only 750 gold to start with. It was like, I kept the gems. I like how you say, that we say only 750 gold, but that's like more money <laughs> than some peasants will make their entire life. Well, he shouldn't have been stupid enough to give Sagira that money. Well, he technically he didn't. Once we decided that we weren't going to go get the scroll, then the money should have stayed. Nobody said that. We were a little distracted by the fact that he was dying of mummy rot. Well, he should be, like, happy that he's not dying. So He'll have his thing. So prepare for the resolution to this in episode 31. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> uh, that, 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 this is definitely going to be an awkward situation for everyone involved. All right. Everyone, fight to death. <laughs> any any questions or other things we'd like to bring up about episode 30? I wasn't there. I, mean, I wasn't there either. I don't know what to ask. I don't know. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Did Tevin do anything weird? I mean, just, just, I mean just talk to me about being dead, but, you know, it's okay. What? <laughs> He's given me a nickname. I was like, did I get a nickname from Tevin? I feel left out. I think I'm the only one. Oh. I'm his friend. I'm his friend, and too. And I'm just Sudi. <laughs> I don't know if being a friend with Tepmanib is... Technically, a good thing. I, but I think Sudi is like. I really, right. I really like Tetmanit. Yeah, yeah he, I he's think pretty Sudi's fun. got that thing where it's like, you know, he's a little weird, but he seems to know stuff. Like he's like deep. So I think Sudi like kind of likes him too, but like only because he doesn't probably truly know him. All right. Well, if there are no more questions, then we'll go into our listener mail. We have two for this week. Uh, the first hooray. what said hooray. Oh, this <laughs> <laughs> was like like non like you know excited you. hooray. We we actually we've gotten a lot of letters in, uh, and a lot of you guys have written in just to kind of say, hey, we're doing a great job, and you're enjoying the show, and we love to hear that. But we also love when you guys provide us with questions so that we have ammunition when you we go. You need to start this. forwarding these emails on because all we ever hear from you is we get emails that say we're doing a good yeah. job, and I think I've read like one of them. Okay, well, prepare for some praise because I think both of them specifically mentioned me not reading praise, which is yep. why I'm not doing this. <laughs> so our first praiseworthy email is from Heidi from Kansas by way of Idaho. No, Hi, she Heidi. can't be from Kansas. No, she's got to be from somewhere in Glarian. All right, we'll, Kansas we'll, we'll give her a Glarian home. We'll, uh, we'll give her a Glarian, but... Uh, at the end. <laughs> okay. Hello, Pathfinders. First and foremost, I just want to say that I love this podcast and have been binging my way through it over the last week during work hours. Awesome. During work hours. Uh, yeah, I was like, man. She has a job like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have quickly become one of my favorite podcasts. I know you don't like to read the compliments on air, Rick, because it feels self-serving, but it please does. tell the others how much you all have meant to me. I think they know now. Yay! <laughs> Especially I want Mission to thank Dolly. Jessica me. for playing a lesbian character. Even if she herself is not, it is very refreshing to hear queer voices in the traditionally cis-heteronormative environment. Yep. Yep. I do have a couple of points of feedback <clears throat> and one question. I personally really appreciate when you say the players' names both at the start of the episode and when referencing their characters in-game because it helps me put a voice to a name. Also, maybe this is just me, but I actually really liked you assigning Galarian homes to your listeners. It feels like a fun way to bring your fans into the game a little bit more. So don't worry, we will give her her place. Yeah, we'll give you a home. You gotta find Galarian um, as I was listening to your after-party discussion on which places in Galarian you'd like to adventure in the future, I found myself wondering how long you were all planning to produce this podcast. I recognize that APs take a long time, and especially in podcast form, can take years to complete. But do you plan to play other APs on the podcast once through with the Mummy's Mask? 
If so, what would each of you choose to play? So let's go around the table. We'll start with Jessica. First of all, I nominate her to live in Karamaga because that's my favorite city. That's not very Kansas-like. Because <laughs> she doesn't have to be like Kansas. It's Galarian. I, I will state that the Storval Plateau is kind of like the Great Plains. There, see, I, I can go for that. She's and in like Shawantyland. Karamaga is adjacent to the... Is the coolest city. She lives above a troll <laughs> who does the sightseeing oh. named Fred. <laughs> I like that. Karamaga it is. All right, Heidi from Kansas. You are now from Karamaga. <laughs> anyway... I want to play War for the Crown so that I can play my fabulous swashbuckler southern gentleman named Basil. Basil. I love it. Please tell me that is a reference to the great mouse detective. Yeah, Basil Baker Street. Yeah. Yeah. 90s reference. (laughs) (laughs) So I suppose weighing in there, uh, weighing in on the comment of how long this will be going on. I mean, we did manage to finish the first book in under 30 episodes. I can't guarantee that that will be our, our range going forward. Uh, as we are able to, we've been doing somewhat longer episodes, and we are on the fast XP track, which means that I am cutting out extraneous encounters, which means that hopefully we can kind of keep on that target. My ideal would be to finish this adventure path at between 180 and 200 episodes. That's just kind of a rough guess. So that would be anywhere from about three and a half to four years as far as the adventure path that I would most want to do. Oh, saying that I'm running it, uh, War for the Crown is a great option. Um, so much roleplay opportunities. Basil. <laughs> there are a lot of adventure paths that are just off the table for us because we have done them previously. And there's a lot of them that have tie-ins to other adventure paths that would be hard to do just standalone. No. Uh, which kind of throws out the the Rune Lords and all of its adjacent adventures. I would say that my my number one pick, not counting Tyrant's Grass, which I haven't been able to read any of oh, because Tyrant's it is not out yet. So I will not, I will say that that one is invalid because it doesn't exist at the moment. Oh, that was what I was going to uh, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Iron Fang Invasion just because the premise to it is very unique and having read through it, there is a lot in there that's just fun and really counter to what anyone would walk into anticipating it. In addition to that, it was one of the adventure paths that Crystal Fraser was the head for. And I'm a big fan of her work. And she does a great job with taking your expectations and turning them on your head, on their head. So I think it would be great for podcasts as well. I will throw out there, I would actually really like to run, I think it'd be great for a podcast, uh, Iron Gods. Oh, oh yeah. God. Anyway, that's it. Heather? It, a lot of the ones that I really want to play are also ones that have like tie-ins to other stuff. So it's hard to pick. I like the ones that are kind of standalone for the ones that we do the podcast on, like Mummy's Mask. Maybe... I like the idea for War of the Crown. I like Iron Fang Invasion. And there's also some of them that are kind of going to be more of like an R rating, like, you know, Hell's Vengeance and things uh, like that, that you couldn't yeah. really make that family friendly. I so mean, not we could so. try, but... Yeah, it'd be hard, I think. If I was, if I want to, if we're going to play Hell's Vengeance... Yeah, if we're going to play Hell's Vengeance, I want to go like all the way evil with that yeah. so that's that, that's super rated R. yeah so list in that whatever <laughs> happens. to be perfectly honest i'm pretty much down for any ap i there's not really one there they haven't really done one that i've been like eh, i don't want to play that so i pretty probably be cool with whatever everybody else picked 
Heather takes the cop out with any adventure path. Well, the ones that I really, really want to play wouldn't be good for the podcast. So I'd probably, like I said, Iron Fang Invasion. And of course, I really want to do Tyrant's Grass. So I don't, that, like you said, Tyrant's that one's not even out yet. So I can't like claim it, apparently. But Tyrant's, oh, well, that's my I think you can totally you can say it. Tyrant's Grasp, guys. Tyrant's Grasp. Okay. I'm on board. <laughs> Jordan. Uh, so I'm going to second Tyrant's Grasp, if that's a valid choice. <laughs> I think it's a third at this point. Uh, because we've actually played through, uh, we're playing through Carrying Crown and Strange Aeons, and so that feels like the end of a trilogy that's all set in Usulov. So... Uh, Us- Ustalov may be my favorite place in Galarian. Uh, that's because you like that dark gothic horror. Like, <laughs> real good. Um, other than that, uh, because nobody's turned it out yet, Ruins of Aslant. I just need to know if I have to be a colonizer because I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, that's the only concern that I have is that the setup of it being like you're going to like colonize some island in, in where Aslant is. Um, might be like kind of weird being like you know colonizers. As long as you don't have Most to. Most the islands aren't inhabited. Well, yeah, if it's an uninhabited island, or you can make peace with the indigenous people there, that's <laughs> fine. But you know, I don't want to play an AP where I'm going to make war on an indigenous people. Yes. Or to throw out an AD and D term, most of the inhabitants are demi humans. I don't so. care if they're demi. Oh, we're gonna be, yeah. I get mad enough if we're going to go and be invasive on animals. So I'm going to throw out Ruins of Aslan as just to be different. <laughs> Okay. Well, he stole mine. I was going to say Ruins of Aslan. I know that there is Ruins of Aslan. Yeah. Well, I just like the idea of going to like the really far away places and whatnot. Ruins of Aslan is probably my first one. Um, Otherwise, I'm trying to think of the multiple adventure paths that are already out. We'll finish recording um, this after party, and I'll be like, "Oh crap! I should have said blah blah blah." (laughs) Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm going to be different. I actually would really like to do Jade Regent. Um, just because Jess and I lived in an Asian country. We lived in Korea for a year. So I really just love Asian culture. Plus my mom, uh, lived in Japan when she was a little girl. So there was always that kind of that Asian influence in our household. Plus my neighbors were Asian. Like there's a lot of Asian influences in my life. And so I just think it would be really cool. Anyway. Okay. So let's move on from there. Uh, so I hope we uh, fully answered your question, Heidi from Karamaga. Probably more than you wanted. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's okay. How we answer questions. All right. So we have an international email for this next one uh, from Mattis from Uppsala, Sweden. I hope I said that correctly. I, I have friends from Sweden, but I don't know the pronunciation very well. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Eurison for where they're from. No, that's me. Well, they said uh, this is their only request. They do not want to risk being from Thrushmore. I don't blame you, Mattis. <laughs> Thrushmore is still not as bad as... Ilmarsh? Ilmarsh, yeah. You know what? They're going to be from Katapesh. Oh, that'd be fun. Catapesh. I love Catapesh. Yeah. I do like Catapesh also. This is a fun place. Uh, but she writes, "Good day to you, Pathfinders." I love the exclamation point there. That's awesome. Huh? I said good day. Uh-huh. I said good day. <laughs> good day. <laughs> I am always on the lookout for new actual play podcasts to listen to, and I am glad to say your show and game resonated well from the beginning. Yes. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your audio is clear, your pace is straightforward, and you put your game and fun at the center stage while showcasing your incredibly nice chemistry, which you thought... (laughs) With each other? With each other. Now, that was just me slipping over my (laughs) heart. As a new GM DM, it's very educational for me to listen to you guys play, not just with rules knowledge, but your things with the med kit, experience tracking, timeline tracking, etc. I was yeah. just going to say, thank you for yeah. uh, following the blog. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And most importantly, how you treat and play each other, play with each other at the table, not play each other. <laughs> uh, today, the role of Jordan uh, will be filled. I, 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 I choose to be Heather today. Uh, 
You are very good. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear that. Heather just slapped Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> we respect each other. I'll see if I can boost that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally it was played. Or just replace it with that. <laughs> you know how they make that sound? I'm sure Sirenscape has a like, sound. I, I saw it on Mythbusters like way back in the day that like they add walnut cracking sounds and stuff oh, to it to make it like that? really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's good at Mythbusters episode. <laughs> Third 90s reference. <laughs> That's actually more 2000. (laughs) Anyway, you are very good role models. (laughs) And I look forward to the next chapter of the adventures. Yes, we are great role models. That is true. We mentor children. Yeah, Yeah, that is is true. true. We did did used to actually do Pathfinder for children. Thank you, Mattis. Yes, thank you. Uh, I I taught for years. Okay. Okay. Enough gushing from me and probably embarrassing Rick. Ha, ha, yeah. Ha. That's why I'm not reading it. It's funny. You, you can see him Rachel's over there. Rachel's barely reading it. <laughs> oh, oh bird. That was fired. so mean. Oh, she just reached over and like, Jessica, you are no longer I've known Rachel friend. for like 20 years. I think it's okay. <laughs> okay. Enough gushing from me and probably embarrassing Rick. My question for the day is, something I admired about your current party is that everyone has ties to Wati and is a local, well, okay, not Citra, but close enough. Uh, that is true. Uh, it makes the characters feel involved and they actually have a life in this city and country. Is there something advised by the AP or was it something you just decided to do? Considering that the story starts with adventuring parties from all over Galarian gathering for the lottery and gives a reason for you to be from afar. So I guess um, we can kind of discuss like campaign traits and whatnot. Yeah. Cause I think we I think just all decided to from. do that. I, I think, well, and I think a fun thing to do uh, with that question would be, I don't think we've ever said what your campaign traits are. And we're booked in, so if you want to let people know what campaign traits uh, you so took. the yeah. To explain campaign traits real quick for anyone listening who is not a Pathfinder player, campaign traits are a trait that you take at character creation out of your one of your two traits that ties you usually directly to the story. In a lot of cases, this gives you a, a vague connection, a connection well enough that would get you involved in whatever the initial plot hook for an adventure path would be. So each of the characters took a campaign trait at character creation. Sometimes the campaign traits are much more involved and directly tie into the events of this adventure. These are more like a motivator for why these characters came initially. Well, and I think um, some APs actually say you're supposed to be from the city. Like uh, yes, Curse of the Crimson uh, Throne, Throne uh, suggests that you're from Corvosa. Yes. Um, I don't remember seeing that in this one. No, this no you you, just... did, you could have been from anywhere. I mean, I think there's even one of the campaign traits that nobody took that says you've come to Osirian looking for something. That, so that's basically, yeah. yeah, that's basically, you're on, you know, so, but I think all of us just decided to be from the region. <coughs> Except me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're still from Osirian. I'm still from Osirian. You're still from one of the three sister cities. Yeah. So so. the AP that didn't exactly set it up that way, but I think we all, and we didn't really do backstories together. So Mm -hmm. I think we all just kind of decided, hey, this is where we're from. And then we kind of worked with each other to have connections. Like when Jordan worshipped Phrasma and was a monk at the temple and I was working with the temple of Phrasma, it makes sense for our characters to have known each other beforehand. Yeah. But that's also how we ended up with three S names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. didn't consult Clear, each other. Clearly that was a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> but To be fair, uh, that's not Sekiro's real name. I was going to say, apparently like you all have a... Yeah. Like, I think, have we determined pretty much Sudi's the only one with, a real, with using his real name? I'm using my real name. Are you using your real name? Yeah. Okay. Well, Sudi doesn't actually know what his birth name is. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> but you established earlier that you were an orphan and that yeah, you were raised sure. by... So Sudi's so so name conveniently not an S. Uh, anyway, I took Wati native. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's a, that's a really good one. Because yeah. I'm a native of Wati. Yeah. Heather, what'd you take? Uh, Blood of the Pharaohs. Ooh. That makes sense. <laughs> so, and the Wati native just means that you've kind of grown up in the city and you know all the rumors about the yeah. necropolis. Mm-hmm. You and... get uh, a bonus against fear and you get knowledge local as a skill and you get a bonus. Yeah. Um, Very useful. Blood of the Pharaohs is, well, everybody, pretty. it even says in the trait that everyone claims to be descended from the Pharaohs in Osirian, but you feel like your family has stories that lend you to believe that there's an actual connection there. And I, all of them had hooks for why you wanted to go into the necropolis, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to spoil that part. It gives me a plus one on my will saves and a bonus on knowledge and ability checks. So for Sudi, I actually took a kind of weird one, which is uh, Sphinx Riddler, because in Wati, there is a place that where Sphinx are known to congregate, but it gives me a bonus on solving riddles of Sphinxes. And uh, yeah, I think it's just that. I don't think it actually gives me points on... I think it also... Does it give me points on identifying Sphinxes? Did it give oh. you Sphinx? I couldn't remember oh, if it no, yeah, Sphinx that's right. <laughs> the Sphinx is a starting language. So oh, I uh, yeah. speak Sphinx. Yeah, and my Blood of the Pharaohs gave me the ability to choose Ancient Osiriani as one of my starting languages. That's why I yeah. got to start with it, and everybody else had to wait until the higher level. That's why, for the longest time, it was me passing notes to Heather. Like, you read this thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys have a Rosetta Stone now, so you can all start learning. Yeah, my, uh, I'm really hoping that I didn't just take that just for funsies. Um, I was just reading up on mine, actually. <laughs> Woman. Yeah, and you notice Rachel responded. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> what's going on over here? No, Jessica and I haven't known each other for so long that we do stupid crap like that. <laughs> oh Lord! So um, I actually took Mummy's Curse for mine, which gives me a bonus versus curses, but that really isn't something that has come up yet. So we'll see how it works out. All right, so we have another question, actually. Oh, okay. Yes, still from uh, our friend in Katapesh, Mattis. What are your opinions on character nationalities? Can a character be from a distant place not relevant to the AP make it difficult to weave in background details in the adventure? Or do you prefer having them be relatively close to the main area of whatever com- campaign you are doing? Mm. So I think Jessica... Oh yeah, I've done that twice. Uh-huh. I think that you can be from a distant place... As long as you have a solid reason for being where you are now. Yeah, I think as long as you have a good reason, it makes sense. Now, there are some APs whose whose traits don't really, like if if you're using the background traits, traits don't really work very well for people being from way far away. Yeah. Like, I think it would be hard in Carrying Crown to ha- take one of the traits because they all have to do with you knowing Lorimore, who was a professor in Uslov. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it'd be real well, weird for you to be from like somewhere way far away and still make that trait work. Yeah. And yeah. like Curse of the Crimson Throne, you have to be from Corvosa. Yeah. And you should care about Corvosa. As long as you have a good reason to be there and it's, and the reason is, can, the DM can work the reason into your background. Mm-hmm the in everything into the story then that's fine but if you want to be from really far away and you don't really have a reason to be there and you don't work with your dm just kind of expect there to be awkward awkwardness because you're probably not going to get the character moments that everybody else does yeah so it's it's another one of those things where i would say work with your game master to make sure that you're still gonna enjoy it yeah i think it just depends on the adventure path again i think we've made it work even if it doesn't always make sense at the time so to weigh in this from a GM standpoint, and this is writing off a little bit of what Heather was saying earlier, 
I feel like depending on the character you make, it's almost a disservice to yourself to not make a character from the region that you're playing. In large part, it's because the story, almost every story assumes that you're going to be from where the adventure starts. And as such, if you're playing a character, for instance, the parties in Wati, the Church of Phrasma is hugely involved. Even if you're actually playing a cleric of Abadar, I could work that in. But if you decided, you know what, I'm going to be a cleric of Torag. Okay, that's great, but you're not going to be involved in anything yeah, I mean, or related to the temples. Yeah, especially with, with details like that where, yeah, there are dwarves in Osirian, but, I mean, you're not going to find a temple of Torag very yeah. often. And something that I'll... There, there are a lot of GMs out there that don't like to give any information away to players. I'm not one of those GMs. I won't give any plot-relevant details or anything like that, but when everyone here approached me and was just saying, hey, I'm looking at feats or I'm looking at these things that I'm taking. Uh, take, for instance, both Sagira and Onuris. Well, what kind of weapons are we expecting to see? Kopeshes. Kopesh would be a great way to go. And it's flavorful. It's great for the region. So it's kind of like if you're playing a swashbuckling adventure, sure, cutlasses and rapiers, go nuts. But if you're doing the exact same thing, except for if you're playing the exact same character concept or design, but instead it's taking place in Katapesh, if you're not using a shimitar, don't expect to get a good weapon without having to buy it yourself. Yeah, and that's the whole um, thing, especially when you're making a character like a fighter where you're going to put a lot of feats into your weapon. Yeah. It's really bad to be like, okay, I'm going to go really hard into you know weapon focus and weapon specialization and long swords, and then the you know the good weapons that you end up finding in the adventure are all spheres. Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, that's a letdown. Let me go retrain. So, and I, I understand for a lot of players out there, there is the difficulty where you come up with a great character concept. And sometimes you just have to make a character concept match the adventure that you're going to play. Not everyone is as lucky as we are that we do get to play twice a week. And we routinely get through an adventure path a year, uh, sometimes two. And so you can't just wait. But it is one of those, if you have a great idea for playing a dwarf, maybe save it for an adventure path where being a dwarf will mean more. Something mm -hmm. along the lines of Iron Fang Invasion or Giant Slayer. So that's just kind of my two cents. Not only do I think it, it makes more sense for a character to be from the region that they that the story is taking place, but I think it actually mechanically benefits a character to I be from the region that it's taking place. I can place. attest to that, because when we played Legacy of Fire, <laughs> my, character, everywhere. <laughs> my character ended up with two really awesome scimitars that he dual wielded, and he was amazing. Scimitars <laughs> yeah. everywhere. All right. So to wrap up. That email, she says, there, done. Thank you for giving me your time and good luck with the rest of the adventure. I will be listening. Aw, oh, that's thank so nice. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. So awesome. We always love uh, hearing stuff like that. Uh, don't worry about Rick being awkward. One of us will read it. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and announce our trivia contest winners. Yes. Yay. So uh, our trivia contest winners from the U.S. are... Jay from Los Angeles, California, who is the first to get the bonus question. Shockingly Bravo. fast. Also, uh, yes. And also Jay from our subreddit. So thank you, Jay. Awesome. Oh. What was our bonus question? The bonus question was what gang did Sudi and Sagira belong to? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we had a lot of people um, write in the silver chain. Oh, really? Is that, that. The, is that the one that... <laughs> it's funny because that's, that's Citra. That's Citra. Citra was never so actually a part members. of the gang. She fine. just had dealings with them. Onuris was part of like a desert gang out in the, <laughs> <laughs> out the boonies somewhere. No. All right. Second winner is Mark from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Hey, Mark. Uh, how you doing, Mark? Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, our third winner is Casey from Millington, Tennessee. Hey, awesome. Casey. Nice. Hello. Fourth winner is Juan from Sarasota, Florida. 
They won. Gosh, people Florida's are from like all well. over the place. This is awesome. Yep. And our fifth winner is David, also from Los Angeles, California. I should hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as a fun side note, California, our largest concentration of listeners. So hey to everyone out there so, in California. So what if up, California? Do a Con, it's going to be out in... If we ever do a live show, we should do California. Tex- <laughs> Texas is a close second, followed by New York. So California, we're spread California. all over the place. So, so we have our, I actually have a comment to make about that later on, but we'll get to have it. An, our international winners, our international winners are oh well, this one's going to be familiar. Mattis from Uppsala, Sweden. Hey, Mattis, uh, thank you for writing in. Yes. L from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We have a lot of people in British Columbia too. So hey to everyone up at British Columbia. All right, our third international trivia contest winner is Steve from. Oh God, am I going to say this right? Ballarat? I, Ballarat? I don't know. I don't actually know how to say that. Good sir. Or apologize if we just so, slaughtered yes. the name of your city. Steve, <laughs> Steve I, I we're going to say from, from Victoria, Australia. There we go. I know those two words. <laughs> <laughs> well, Victoria is kind of a like a province or a state. I don't know if they have states or provinces there. Uh, uh, that'd sure. be something I need to Google. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to resist the urge to Google that immediately. So All thank right. you, though. <laughs> and our bonus Jordan Challenge quote-unquote winner is... Josh from yes. West Hollywood, California. Yes, Josh did take us up on having every question be wrong, which means he gets a set of dice rolled by Jordan <laughs> for oh. having every question wrong. You're welcome. So well I, done, Josh. Maybe <laughs> just don't open it. <laughs> you don't want to ruin your luck. Burn and then sprinkle the ashes over your better dice. Go ahead and just put them in with your normal dice. That won't do anything. <laughs> hey, at least this is an excuse to free up some of my my dice bags so I can buy new dice that will also equally fail me. So thank you for everyone who wrote in. We really appreciated all of that. We had a, a much stronger outpouring of emails in than I had anticipated. And uh, we can thank Rachel for the uh, number one most missed question. Um, <laughs> and that everyone believed that Citra is from Tefu. Nope. Despite the fact that you actually, I believe, stated in the first episode that you're from On. I'm from On, and I spent some time in Tefu going to school it, when I got my parents out of there. Yeah, and the- then I ended up in Wati in my search for my brother. Yes. So. Yeah, the, the so. amazing thing for me with this uh, trivia contest thing is just how fast it, like how quickly everybody had the right answers for yes. like the people who got it. I mean, I think the first first one was like a couple hours after we dropped it, yeah. they had the answers, which means they didn't go re-listen to all the episodes or anything. <laughs> so I was like, dang. I, I, I particularly appreciate Jay who wrote in with timestamps for the answers. Oh, you <laughs> <be> <laughs> so. Wow. Like, like a, like a yeah. proper, uh, I'm not, I can't be positive. I'm just going to say doctoral student. If you're not a doctoral student, I'm giving you your doctorate. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure we're authorized Congratulations. for Congratulations. <laughs> I think you'll appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, no, that was, that was great. And we really appreciated everyone writing in and the sheer amount of feedback that we got from that. It is very heartwarming for all of us. Yeah. So you guys are awesome. Yep. So we'll uh, be sending out your prizes. Well, that is all we have, but Rick has a few statistics he would like to go over, and so I will be passing the buck along to him. You know he a likes a few things that I wanted to talk about. Or if um, the DM has to talk. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did have a couple of things that I was wanting to go over. So for starters, you guys are amazing. We have had far more of an outpouring of, of love and support from all of you in words that I cannot clearly articulate because I'm not particularly good at that. Rick has he's been uncomfortable with pra- he, he's been uncomfortable with praise since I met him in high school. It's real weird. No, okay. I'm, I'm pretty confident in all other things. But yeah, praise isn't exactly. I, I, uh, it's weird. 
Regardless, though, so I can officially state now, as of last week, we are now listened to in every single one of the 50 states of the United States. So thank you, whoever is out there in Wyoming who just started listening (laughs) to us because that's what we were missing. So you, you, sir, or madam, are amazing. There's some great skiing in Wyoming. There's some great skiing in Wyoming. I hope you're skiing and listening to us right now. I just hope it's like a really rad bear. (laughs) <laughs> he, just, he just took those from some he cameras. found an iPad <laughs> he found an iPad and some things he's just listening in his cave hey, stole, hey, stole as, long, as long as he writes us an iTunes review I don't care it's just five stars and like a heart <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with that so yeah we've surpassed a number of our milestones we are past 40,000 unique downloads across uh, all of our episodes which is mind blowing we have just recently past our six month mark and you guys have been phenomenal in supporting us and just your outreach on uh, Twitter and Facebook and of course your iTunes reviews which not only warm our nerdy hearts but also boost the channel and do a lot to get the word out to other nerds out there who may be interested in finding a channel like ours and joining in this growing community. So To thank all of you, we have decided that we're going to start reading off a couple of our iTunes posters who've uh, gone on there. We're basically bribing you with the fame of having yourselves read to uh, all of our Twitter. If you leave us a review. If you leave us a review, yes. So first off, Joe Cass. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with Joe Cassetta. I'm going to apologize if I'm just really bad at reading names. If you listen back to when I first introduced Tetmanib, you may be aware of how bad I am with names. So regardless, Joe, we greatly appreciate your uh, iTunes review and reaching out to us. So uh, thank you to Tinasaurus Rex, which is an awesome name, by the way. Thank you, Tina. (laughs) Tinasaurus or Rex, whichever you go by. (laughs) And uh, special thanks to Oh yeah, Jay. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Jay. Very nice name that for I having an awesome for name and supporting and us. I think I just love this one. Uh, and a big thanks to a wizard defect. <laughs> I love it. How awesome Very is that nice. name? Thank you Very so much. Wizard defect sounds pretty amazing, and also my excuse for filling a spell check later. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you to Sarah Caudill. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. Which thank is a you. pretty cool name for like a normal person. <laughs> I don't know if you're the same Sarah. Is it Sarah without an H? Correct. Yes. I don't know if it's the same Sarah without an H that wrote to us. I think we read her email back in like after party three or four. Regardless, though, if that is or is not you, thank you. I do actually want to say that Sarah Caudill had uh, <clears throat> probably the one of the best headers to any of our comments, which was thanks be to Phrasma. That's so, awesome. And thanks be to you. Sir. So, yes, you all out there are amazing. Thank you for sticking with us for six months. I hope you're going to stick with us for another, uh, I think I said earlier, potentially four years. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. We'll, we'll have to do some before and after pictures. We'll have to be like going to the present scene. We'll see how much we've aged. Yes. <laughs> Everyone looking back going, it's like, oh, remember back when we were in Wati and no one does because half the party's dead. Oh. oh. What the heck? <laughs> why, why, why are you doing that to us? That's not cool. As long as I'm not in the half, I guess I could live with that. 
Uh, really. Wow, Sudi just went really selfish. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Sigur and I are okay. No, actually, no. I Considering I'm the only one that can cast healing magic, I think on yours has the highest chance of survival. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're the target of the wizard. You know. We get to true. book six and the only one left is Isra. Isra's <laughs> <laughs> just awakened. She's like, I remember Wati. <laughs> She's actually a druid that's just been wild-shaped for a long time. <laughs> She's playing the long con. Oh my. <laughs> She stole the mask. That's why she was there. Barefoot man was a barefoot woman. She's not wearing shoes. We're going to find barefoot man now because barefoot man is a cat. It's going to be a nice twist. What the twist? All right. So with that, I guess we are signing off for today. Thanks again to everyone that has been listening. And we hope you guys continue to do so. And please keep writing in. Like, we love getting the questions and, and getting to talk about this stuff. So, and we'll um, also take the praise, too. You know, yeah, praise is a little uncomfortable, but that's good for us. You can also tell us why we're bad. Yeah, we, we actually, we're, we're actually surprisingly okay with being told what we can improve on because we probably won't know if you don't tell us. Yeah, yeah let us so. know what you want from this show and we will do our best to deliver. They want it. everyone to live, Rick. Yes. <laughs> I, I will state the exact opposite. I've had people ask me, it's like, why is no one dead yet? Uh. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's so of, mean. What kind of murdering GMs do you guys play with? Man. Talk to Jay. He was the one that said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Heather's friend. For sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, but thanks, everyone. And-